1: Welcome back to the Dan Prof. Show. And uh, per President Biden's executive order on diversity and basically race identity politics, Susan Rice joined Jen Psaki for the uh, White House press briefing. Susan Rice, you remember her from her time as a uh, pundit in exile while awaiting a Biden administration after unsuccessfully trying to gaslight the public into believing that uh, the terrorist attack in Benghazi that took Ambassador Stevens and his men was the result of a video, and it was spontaneous in nature. That's Susan Rice, Obama, national security advisor turned Biden domestic policy advisor. The existential threat facing us in 2021, not a a video that would inspire a terrorist attack on an American compound in Libya, but uh, white supremacy, white nationalism.
0: We have seen, and it's been plain for all Americans on their television sets, just how serious a problem uh, we face from nationalists and white supremacists who uh, uh, have demonstrated willingness to resort to violence in some instances. Um, And that is why um, the president has ordered uh, the intelligence community to compile a comprehensive assessment of the nature of this threat and challenge and its uh, origins and roots, um, and thus provide policymakers with inputs that will be very important to um, uh, address this challenge. The National Security Council has uh, set up uh, a capacity within the NSC to focus on domestic violent extremism uh, and to ensure that uh, we are uh, within the White House and within the interagency, uh, coordinating efforts to, to, to craft and implement policies that will address this. So we're taking it quite seriously.
1: Yeah, well, that is a lot of words to say something very simple. We're going to use the power of the intelligence community to identify and amplify any examples of uh, violent conduct by those motivated by racism. We're going to do it um, narrowly, And we're going to ignore when it manifests itself in other forms. And this will be the predicate to continue what we see ongoing, which is my disagreement with you is rooted in race. And therefore, your speech is violent and you're a violent extremist and you need to be shut up because there is no one running around defending ignorant white supremacists. This is about something much bigger in my estimation and basically from the work product that we've seen from the censorious set like Susan Rice. But I better bump this up against somebody who knows more than I do. I'm going to do that by asking John Tierney now to join us. John Tierney, who is a contributing editor to City Journal, former reporter and columnist in the New York Times, co-author of the book The Power of Bad, How How the Negativity Effect Rules Us and How We Can Rule It. John, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it.
2: Thanks for inviting me, Dan.
1: Am I uh, reading uh, too much into what Susan Rice and President Biden had to say, or is that uh, was what I said a a reflection of what we see playing out in real time?
2: No, it's what we're seeing uh, play out because it's a new domestic war on terror. And part of that is increased uh, surveillance. And part of it is censorship. Uh, We're seeing this now with this unprecedented social media crackdown by shutting down platforms. Journalists used to want to just de-platform individual uh, terrorists, but now they want to basically shut down the whole platforms.
1: We have, uh, yeah, not not just Parler. I mean, we have journalists wanting to make Fox News illegal. That was a tweet from a former New York Times columnist this week. We have Pulitzer Prize winning journalism professors like Steve Call at uh, Columbia who are telling us we need to revisit the First Amendment. It, it no longer works for us in twenty twenty America. This is from a, the perspective of the Fourth Estate, no less. Right.
2: It's shocking to me how journalists are are doing this, because there used to at least be this general agreement that both left and right, censorship is bad for our business. Our profession depends on free speech, and and we should stand up for each other when it's threatened. But now we have newsrooms that have been taken over by this young generation of progressives who think they're on the right side of history, and they're not afraid of being censored themselves, and and so they just want to shut up everyone else been amazing to me to do these calls that uh, we have to start enforcing truth-telling and there was so little complaint when Amazon and, and, and Apple and Google you know combined to shut down parlor. and you know and our profession depends on the First Amendment which gives you the right to print stuff that is deemed false by others and on, and on Supreme Court decisions that protect speech you know even speakers who advocate generalized violence, you know, that you can't hold a speaker responsible for violence committed by someone else. Uh,
1: I want to talk a little bit about a little bit more about rioters and free speech and whether we're moving uh, to a place in America where we're returning to uh, uh, Cato's letters and other samistat. And that's the way we're going to have <laughs> to uh, pass uh, unpopular opinions. More with John Tierney, contributing editor at City Journal, former reporter and columnist at the New York Times, co-author of the book, The Power of Bad. How the negativity effect rules us and how we can rule it, we'll be right
0: back. The more you listen, the more you'll know. This is this is the Dan Proft Show.
1: Welcome back to the show. We're speaking with John Tierney, contributing editor of City Journal, former reporter and columnist for the New York Times, co-author of the book, The Power of Bad, How the Negativity Effect Rules Us and How We Can Rule It. And John, in a recent piece that you wrote for City Journal entitled The New Censors, you made this provocative claim. The root cause of riots, uh, per some research into this, turned out to be the rioters. Wow. Explain. (laughs) What
2: a concept. You know, after the... um a summer of riots in 1967. There was a, a, you know, Kerner Commission appointed, and we have to find out what caused these riots, and we have to get, get at the root cause of them. And, and of course, they came up with lots of recommendations, but peace did not return to the streets until police started adopting new crowd control tactics, and, and until prosecutors began, you know, locking up people who rioted. I mean, that's how you stop riots. And and the conventional wisdom uh, among experts was that riots are not an indictment of American uh, society. It, it, it's not about injustice. It's a failure. Riots are a failure of policing. And but that was last year. Once the Black Lives Matter started rioting, then it was well. We have to understand what was causing this. We shouldn't be tear gassing these people. So there was all this outrage when. You know, mobs near the White House when they used tear gas and, and prosecutors and journalists in Seattle and Portland were, you know, were gas uh, they were arresting these, these mostly peaceful protests. And so the riots just kept continuing. But then it got even worse after the Capitol riot, because, you know, this was not just a bunch of, uh, of, of violent people who should be arrested and, pro- and prosecuted. But it, but instead, it, it was caused by free speech, the, you know, the parlor... And Donald Trump and and, and, and these conservatives who have been tweeting, they were responsible for the riot. And the way to stop this new civil war was to shut down platforms and shut down conservative voices.
1: Yeah, it seems to me it's, a, it's pretty easy to draw a bright line. And, and just to think about this logically for a second, I know that's not popular, but uh, people who are protesting, they have a particular grievance, they have something to say. They want to be able to say it. They're protesting. Uh, they got a microphone. they got a bullhorn. They have something to say. Maybe it's defund the police. Maybe it's eliminate qualified immunity. Maybe it's spend more money on schools, whatever it is. On the other side, uh, on January 6th, maybe it's uh, the election was stolen. Maybe it's you need to investigate these election irregularities. Maybe these uh, numbers don't make sense. Uh, Maybe that we have to change the election laws at the state levels where the state's in question. But in both cases, the people who have something to say aren't going to resort to the violence that we have seen, whether it's on the city streets or in the nation's capital. It just sort of stands to reason. And conflating those two, purposely conflating those two groups, is the business of people who really want to shut down dissent by force. And that's what should be the most frightening, it seems to me.
2: Right. This is an example of what I call the crisis crisis, is the way politicians and the media exploit any crisis you know any vivid image i mean those are horrifying images from the Capitol, and they exploit that to basically expand their power to silence their opponents and you know and and and, and to start this domestic war on terror uh, uh, they didn't mind all the uh, domestic terrorism to use their words that was going on last year in seattle and portland and in cities across america but once their opponents do it then then that becomes an excuse to be, to curtail everyone's freedom,
1: and 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 the thing too is so so who is being silenced, right? If that's the play and use the force of the state to silence to marginalize, so then who is being silenced? Uh, I, I take note that Ibram Kendi, uh, who has uh, become sort of the celebrity quote unquote academic, uh, the uh, the theorist of the anti racist theory, nobody is either racist or not racist; you're racist or anti racist. Meaning, if you are not actively uh, stamping out racism, and if you're a white person, that means by apologizing for the rest of your life, then you're suborning racism. He just got a deal with Netflix for three new projects uh, that advance his, uh, I think, uh, uh, pseudo intellectual theories. But nonetheless, uh, and if you, but, but there's no room to challenge Ibram Kendi. I mean, other within within conservative media, there's no platform. Uh, to debate Imran Kendi because uh, he's one of those guys that to debate people who disagree with me is to legitimize them and, and advance racism, so I'm not going to do it. I mean, I love the, uh, the mental gymnastics that uh, these race hustlers go through to avoid having to have a discussion about their theories. Uh, but, but so who, who is being silenced or marginalized, deplatformed, and who is being amplified by all of the cultural institutions? Uh, and so I suppose they come to the conclusion, well, I've got all of this power behind me from corporate America, from the academy. Um, It's fine if we curtail the First Amendment because I'm going to be fine and my opponents aren't.
2: Right. I mean, that's what the new censors think. The Silicon Valley is not going to censor me and and the Democrats in Washington are are not going to censor me. They're not going to investigate my group. So they think that they'll get away with it. But the fact is that the the Republicans are going to come back to power with them. And these precedents, these weapons that they're talking about creating, just compressed peace, you know, will be used against them. I mean, they'll be. You know, the terrible thing is that politicians of both parties like to expand their power, like to silence their opponents. And, and and what I'm afraid is that they're going to basically put these weapons in, so they'll be bipartisan. Since censorship
1: let, let me ask you a question. I, I revisit this question usually it 's from usually it 's with like Rich Lowry or somebody of a national review, and you 'll understand why in a second. but do you think a program like william f buckley 's firing line, which I enjoyed growing up even though it actually predated me by a number of years, but you know seeing it on videos and and whatnot, could could firing line a debate with uh, intellectuals and academics and thinkers from both sides tackling a public policy issue? Does that have any place? Could that find a platform in 2021 America?
2: Well, it could certainly never find it on mainstream media and probably not on PBS anymore. But I mean, the good thing that we do have, I don't want to be too much of a pessimist is we have all these outlets. Yes. I mean, there's a great group called intelligence Squared. I've been debates with them. They invite conservatives on to debate uh, liberals. And, and, and so there are a lot of platforms still, it's going to be hard for them to shut down everything, but it is, really menacing the way the mainstream media is joining has become an arm of the democratic party and just wants to use that power to silence conservatives and to keep them out of the public square
1: john Tierney, contributing editor to city journal former reporter and columnist at the new york times co-author of the power of bad How the Neg- negativity effect rules us and how we can rule it john thanks as always for joining us appreciate it
2: thank you dan okay. Offshow.com